Anyway, my money's on you. I mean, you got a 350 V8 and 500 pounds of torque in this puppy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Randy, you're starting to sound like me. Oh, no, don't want that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh no, bad oh, thing. Oh, oh. Welcome back to Thank Fucking God It's Friday, the show where we talk about 90s TV, good and bad, one show at a time. I'm Drew. And I'm Katie. And today we're going to talk about a show that had to change its name, thanks to MC Hammer, uh, Home Improvement. What was it supposed to be called before? Hammer Time. (laughs) And then MC Hammer's song got popular and they decided they had to change. It was going to be called Hammer Time and the show within the show was going to be called Hammer Time. Uh Oh. And then that... You know, his song got popular and like, we should, we should change this. <laughs> and so it became Home Improvement and Tool Time. That makes sense. Yep. Uh, and today we're lucky enough to be joined by our good friend, Eric. What up? <laughs> I'm Eric. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Our first, our first guest. That's great. He wanted to be on our Home Improvement show specifically. Yeah. Is there any particular reason you want to be on this episode? Like, the biggest reason is that Home Improvement is, like, when I think about 90s TV shows, it's really two shows that come to mind. Uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air being one of them. And Home Improvement is the second one. This show was big for my family because I feel like my dad embodied Tim the Toolman Taylor (laughs) in many ways. In fact, my dad had a crew neck Home Improvement sweatshirt that he proudly wore all the time. In the show, Tim builds a 33 Ford Roadster. My dad wanted to build a 34 Ford Roadster. Never ended up doing that, but he does restore cars. (laughs) My dad would walk around the house saying things like, I don't think so, Tim. He would grunt a lot. Um, Grunting's a big part of it. Yeah. There's uh, basically my dad thought like wanted to be Tim the Toolman Taylor. And so we watched the show a lot. So it, it holds a special place in my heart. Nice. I watched it a lot as a, like growing up. I don't know that I watched it religiously or anything like that. Definitely not to the same level that I watched Friends, but I remember for sure the finale where mm-hmm. you finally see Wilson's face. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was such a big moment. Huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about you? I, I watched the show a lot because it takes place in Michigan. And so <laughs> everyone was always excited that they would mention Michigan things and he was always wearing like Detroit Lions shirts. And I think he wears Detroit Lions shirt in both of the episodes we're going to talk about today. He does. He uh, wore a piston shirt in one of them. Well, he wears a piston shirt in yes, some. But he wears the exact same Lions outfit in both episodes and they're two seasons apart. Well. And it's in the credits. He he rocks the dad outfit of the yes. 90s really hard with mm-hmm. the jeans, the belt, and the t-shirt that's tucked in. And then yep. like the high socks with mm-hmm. sort of, I think, New Balance shoes may have yep. been it. Yeah. I don't know. New Balances are definitely dad shoes. Yeah. Although my yeah. dad wore uh, Adidas uh, Stan Smith. Wow. <laughs> Very fashionable. Yeah. They uh, are fashionable now. I'm pretty sure my dad wore like Kirkland brand shoes. <laughs> uh, I don't have either. You've met my dad, Katie. Yeah. I don't know if you met my I've dad. I've not met your dad, no. Wait, were you at? Uh, you, you were at his birthday. You were at my birthday. When? Last summer. <laughs> uh, where was At this? my sister's house. No, I didn't go. I had to like back out for some reason. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, my dad was there. My dad would not have dressed in traditional dad clothes because he is very 
very adamant about his dress and how even just going out to dinner, like with the family or something, he's like getting dressed up, puts on his blazer, his has fedora. to choose his right hat. <laughs> he's got many hats, so many hats. Uh, I aspire to dress as well as him. Yeah, my dad. Well, the funny thing about this is I recently saw an interview with Tim Allen on the Norm McDonald's show, Norm yeah. McDonald Live on YouTube. And he was wearing not what he was wearing in Home Improvement, but he was wearing like an outfit that my dad would be wearing, like this kind of like neo European Italian style with like the the shoes that are like kind of tennis shoes and kind of dress shoes. But you don't wear socks with them. They, they is those or ankle shoes? socks. Okay, yeah. and then like and then like a leather collarless jacket. Nice. So. My dad is Tim Allen, basically. It sounds like it. Yeah, the yeah. evidence is pretty clear. Yeah, he he would be, and he, he would probably take that as a major compliment. So. <laughs> Have you told him that? No, but I should. That's going on his next birthday card. Is he a <laughs> yeah. Donald Trump supporter too? No, because <laughs> I do know Tim Allen is a large Donald Trump. Oh supporter. really? Oh yeah. There was a whole thing, you know. That was the whole point of his uh, second big TV show, Last Man Standing, right. was to be like. The Republican presence around all these Democrats, and then he was a big uh, Donald Trump supporter after that too. Oh yeah, I never watched that show. Never seen it in my life. <laughs> yeah, and it somehow ran for like seven seasons or six seasons, something like that. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> ABC loves Tim Allen, dude. Yeah, well, they made, he's made him a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned Fresh Prince and Home mm-hmm, Improvement. Mm-hmm. Was there a TV family that you wanted to be a part of growing um, up? Yeah, definitely the Winslows um, from Family Matters. <laughs> that was the best. Was it because you wanted to be neighbors to Urkel? No, I wanted to be Urkel. Oh. Like, I embodied Urkel. Um, Steve Urkel or Stefan Urkel? I was I was definitely Steve Urkel. Like, I would actually run around the house imitating Urkel. It was a very, like, it was a big deal. Were you, like, breaking stuff and going, did I do I, that? I, there was a lot of, did I do that? There was a lot oh, yeah. of hiked up jeans. Uh, made my mom very happy, so... Did you wear suspenders? I didn't. I think I, I like wanted to be Steve Urkel for Halloween once, but I don't think it ever came to fruition because my mom bought me a um, pirate costume one year and it was like kind of expensive. So she made me wear it every year <laughs> for like five years in a row. And I was a pirate. Fit. Well, the funny thing about it, I'm very happy we're talking about this, by the way. The funny thing about it is that on the picture on the front, of the costume it had like a, a like a teenager wearing it and i was like seven so like and it, when the teenager wore it the pants went up like above his calf oh yeah nice when i wore it the pants went all the way down to my ankle so my mom basically <laughs> assumed that i could wear it until they went up above my calf i just thinking. didn't yeah. grow for no, yeah. years yeah i didn't grow i came out six four and uh <laughs> been this way ever since <laughs> it was a rough childhood it, it was it was did you have crushes on any of the girls on tv oh gosh this is uh i mean i definitely had like you know you mentioned friends and definitely like jennifer aniston was a very formative human being for me um <laughs> but uh the other one that comes to mind is topanga and i have like kind of like a love hate with topanga like I had like a like crushes on her, but then I got very judgmental of her new age ways. 
You you weren't happy with how she treated Corey and all of that or what? No, just like she was like kind of like new age. Like, I don't know if she I think she like kind of grew out of it. But like at the beginning of Boy Meets World, she was very like new agey and like very free spirited. Yeah. And like totally like horoscopes and that kind of stuff. And I was like very judgmental of that as a child. So you didn't didn't like when she drew on her face with lipstick. Oh, I hated that. I actually totally remember that. And I hated it. That might have been the moment. But then at the same time, I was like kind of in fact. Infatuated, so. But you just didn't want to date a hippie. No, I didn't want to date a hippie. <laughs> that's well, a seventy-year-old. I did not want to date a hippie. Opposites attract, so maybe that's why you liked her. Yeah, maybe that's it. I don't how know. Do, that comes to mind. How do you feel about watching ninety shows now as an adult? It was really funny watching these um, episodes of Home Improvement. I was like, they're they're really bad. <laughs> <laughs> like TV's come a long way, and, and and I'm not saying that like I didn't enjoy it because I did enjoy it. I watched it with my wife. We were laughing out loud at some of the jokes and stuff. From a writing standpoint, it is like high school drama. <laughs> like there's no stakes. There's like you know the the jokes are all really like contrived, and you know you could still see. I feel like the '90s sitcom living on on like CBS right now, like Big Bang Theory, stuff like that. Yeah. Where it's like after every single thing that they say, there there's a laugh break. Like I love the applause breaks and all that. But like it's just crazy to me because like TV now, like everything is so high stakes and everything's about like getting you to binge and watch the next episode. And like in like the post Breaking Bad world, 90s TV uh, is pretty goofy, but at the same time, I'm incredibly nostalgic for it. So like watching it, I was like this, there's something very comfort comforting about watching this corny television show. Yeah, did, for sure. Uh, did either of you ever go to a, watch a show and be part of the studio audience? No. God, I wanted ever? to so bad. I wish. Are there any shows that still do a studio audience? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like yeah. Big Bang Theory and stuff do. And I know Fuller House, the Netflix show, the reboot of Full House, they do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did not, I had no idea if that was still a and thing. And Roseanne, the new Roseanne. Ooh. Yeah. So anything that's based off of a 90s thing, <laughs> like, all right, <laughs> we can have a studio audience for this. Yeah. yeah. Um, fun fact about this studio audience, they, anytime they showed the studio audience, like at tool time, yeah. it was the actual studio audience for the show. Yeah. So whenever they'd have those people that looked super uncomfortable, it's because <laughs> they were. <laughs> Well, I think also people probably went to those tapings hoping to be on TV because uh-huh. normally they don't show the audience yeah. when they're taping something. So yeah, I wonder they if get like their the two guy seconds was, of fame. I wonder if the guy who like auctioned off if he was like a just an audience member and they're like, okay, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta, you got one line, man. Yeah, you got a SAG card. How they picked him up, I don't know. They're yeah. like, all right, we're gonna do a raffle, and if you have this seat, you get to talk today. <laughs> Well, I guess we should probably get yeah. into Home Improvement now. Um, so the show premiered in September 1991 on ABC and ran for eight seasons, finishing in May 1999. And carrying over from last week, it was created by Matt Williams, a former head writer from Roseanne. Um, he was fired after the 13th episode of Roseanne, and mm. he went on to create this based on Tim Allen's stand-up. So and- wholesome. Yeah. yeah, well, there's nothing about cocaine in here. Well, the thing that got him fired was that he didn't want it to be all about Roseanne. He wanted it to be called Life and Stuff, not named after her. Mm. And I guess that just got him very much on her bad side. 
What number writer was he? <laughs> I don't know. I think he might have been like the head writer, though. Okay. So maybe number one. That makes sense why they changed the name of the show. I think it was originally supposed to be called Tim before Hammer Time. But then, <laughs> and then they found this guy and they're like, they're like right, no, we, we can't call it Tim. <laughs> Matt Williams came in and was like, no. No. <laughs> He's got a lot of problems with it. <laughs> <laughs> so the show centers around Tim Allen as Tim Taylor. And he's a former Binford Tools salesman who now hosts a home improvement show called Tool Time with his sidekick, Al Borland. And Tool Time was originally conceived as a parody of Bob Vila's show, This Old House, with Tim walking the audience through different home-related projects. And he's kind of known as being a disaster. He's always doing things wrong, getting hurt, ending up in the emergency room. Al's like, no, Tim, you're doing this wrong. And Tim just kind of does what he wants. Yeah. And Al is mistreated. And I'm going to get (laughs) very deep into Al and his mistreatment. But there's a point, I think it's around the fifth season. Um, I forget exactly where I was watching this. They do an anniversary show and that end up talking about how little Al is paid. And I'm like, (laughs) Al is the reason that anyone who watches Tool Time learns anything about tools. Well, just look at the housing discrepancy between the two. Like, like, Tim can support an entire family. It has like a big house with three kids and Al's got his little apartment with green wallpaper. And Well, he's Tim the Tool Man Taylor and Al is Al. Yeah, uh, it's revealed in the show that Al got the job as the assistant because he was the only person who was willing to work for as little money as they were offering the assistant. <laughs> oh, yeah. poor Al. Uh, I, I have like a special affinity with Al Borland because I think because, you know, like I said, like my dad embodied Tim the Toolman Taylor. So I like to think of myself as the Al Borland to my dad's Tim. <laughs> nice. You were the one helping him every time things went wrong. You were exactly. the voice of reason. Yeah. Well, yeah. This is a, you know, 10 year old. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's possible. I think Randy on this show kind of plays that part sometimes. Randy's a little twerk. Yeah. I didn't Randy's realize like, it. Randy is rude. He is. Like, I didn't realize, like, what? Because, like, JTT was, like, the coolest dude on the show. Yeah. And, like, definitely launched a career for him well it could have if he wanted to be yeah. an actor well i mean he was in the huck huck finn movie yeah he just basically ended up stopping with his acting career uh-huh. to focus on academics but before that he was everywhere he was the voice of simba yeah, in the lion king simba. i'm pretty sure i had a poster of him on my wall oh i'm sure you yeah. were a big fan of jtt <laughs> yeah. and yeah as I made these two watch before we started, he got to play a parody of Macaulay Culkin on In Living Color, where it was called Home Alone Again, where he's home alone with Michael Jackson. Yeah. That was a dirty skit. It's like. pretty crazy <laughs> that that skit came out. Like, he must have been like seven or something with it. Because he was younger than he was in the show that we watched. Yeah. Was it like 1989 or 1990, something like that? That, that had to have come out in 91 because wow. Home Alone came out in 90, right? Oh, yeah. That I think is right. Yeah. This, so this show started in 91. So mm-hmm. it must have been like right before that or mm-hmm. right yeah. around then. But I mean, this is like the height of not the height of Michael Jackson's popularity. I'd say like the mid 80s would be Michael <laughs> Jackson's still pretty fucking popular at this oh, point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they were ragging on him pretty hard. Yeah, they were essentially, without saying it, saying that he was trying to fuck a kid. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Watch the skit. It's pretty It's pretty <laughs> crazy that that skit came out in 91. Yeah. Um, but the other thing about this, we talked about JTT, but like Tim Allen was like a certifiable movie star for a while. Yeah, like, after this. Yeah. 
Well, I think like during this, like first of all, he's the voice of Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, he was uh, the Santa Claus, which was a big movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he was like, I remember he's in like Jungle to Jungle, Jungle to Jungle. Yep, that was a big movie. Uh, I mean, he was like he was a draw. Like I, I feel like Tim Allen, especially for my family. Like I was uh, over at my parents' house for Christmas this last year, and we watched the Santa Claus. Like this oh, we is, watch it every year. Yeah, like it's <laughs> and he's good in that movie. Like uh, I don't know, it's it's really crazy to me that like Tim Allen was was so popular because he's such a goof, like he's such a goober, like that he can't act or yeah, anything. He, he openly admitted he's like I don't have any acting talent outside of if I'm drawing from my personal life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there he is. Yeah, and there the he sh- is, multimillionaire Tim Allen. The show was based on his stand-up, and I don't know any of his stand-up personally. I only oh. really know him through this. I didn't see anything that he did prior to this. Did you guys look at any of that? I've watched a couple of things of him on like The Tonight Show. And yeah, he basically talks about tools. He does oh, the grunting does thing. The grunting thing was like his trademark stand-up thing. <laughs> yeah, that's how it got into being like the theme song, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> also, like the theme song I didn't realize was like... This crazy, like, industrial jazz. <laughs> well, like, I don't know what genre that song is, but, like, in rewatching this, like, the, the theme song is very, a very weird song for a show about tools in 1991. I don't know. I feel like this was the era when you had, think about, like, all of the theme songs of, like, Growing Pains or, like, uh, Full House or any of these step by step. You know, they yeah. would, like, sing a song with lyrics about, like, you know, the show, about the themes of the show. Like this one, it's just Tim Allen <laughs> grunting to like industrial jazz music. I love it. Well, the last two shows that we did, Roseanne mm-hmm. and Sabrina the Teenage Witch, those didn't have theme like right. words either. Yeah. So Yeah, Roseanne had that harmonica. Yeah. It also yeah. looks like somebody, whoever was in charge of the opening credits and stuff, watched, uh, was it Take On Me? Like that What's music it? video. Oh, no, I have not and watched that. <laughs> decided I bet this would be good mm-hmm. for the title sequence of our of our show. It's very nineties. <laughs> I love it. You yeah. haven't seen that before? I don't think so. They put a filter on the whole opening credits that's just crumpled paper. Yeah. And, and like that was like a cool thing. Like I remember when I was a kid, like I made a science project once, and this was like the trick is if you like crumpled up paper and then you scanned it into your scanner. Then it would give you this like crumpled paper texture that you could put behind <laughs> stuff so that it looked like the paper was crumpled, but it wasn't. It's very you were like 90s. ahead of your time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just an AV superstar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so on the show, Tim is married to Jill and they have mm-hmm. three sons. We already talked about Randy. Mm-hmm. The other two are Brad and Mark. Mm-hmm. Brad is pretty impulsive, a lot like his dad. He's getting in- into different problems because he acts before he thinks. And Mark is mostly like a mama's boy, I think. And he's always getting pranked and teased by his older brothers. And then in later years becomes a goth kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like the last season, he just becomes super Straight goth. goth. Yeah. It's like he um, knew that the show was coming to an end and he just got really depressed or something. So the episodes we're going to talk today about are season three's The Great Race 2, not one, two, mm-hmm. and season five's Games, Flames, and Automobiles. And... Both of these are actually season finales. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize that till afterward. And then <laughs> I realized almost every episode I've watched over the last... I think I watched every season finale. Oh, really? Yeah. Like recently? Yeah, they're all, they're all good. <laughs> I was astounded that The Great Race 2 seems like a season finale because it's marketable, mm-hmm. right? It's like 
you, you can see like the promos like this week on Home Improvement, Bob Vila returns for a second showdown. Yeah. You know, like that's like a big deal. But like the board game episode as a season finale seems I guess he gets engaged. Yeah, he yeah. proposes at the end to Eileen. I guess. There's I, some I stakes for like, you. Yeah, I, I just felt like it was. I really wish she would have broken up with him. Yeah. Like it should have been like a Romeo and Juliet thing where she like dies before he right as he wakes up. Right. And there's like. <laughs> three seconds of that episode where you think that she might break up with him. Yeah. And then it's yeah. like, hold on, we got to fix this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I have a question for both of you. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start with The Great Race 2. Yeah. And in it, Bob Vila, this is his third episode that Bob Vila is a part of. Mm-hmm. He is originally in season one. He's in one called What About Bob, where Tim hits him in the back of the head with a four by eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in season two, The Great Race one, I guess, or just the great just the race, great race. Yep, where the they have the lawnmowers and mm-hmm. Tim puts the jet engine on the lawnmower. <laughs> I watched that one too. <laughs> Is that the one with the tadpoles too? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, we should mention that all these episodes are available on Hulu if anybody wants to binge yeah. Home Improvement. There's one. so many '90s shows on Hulu right yeah. now, and that's kind of why we started doing this podcast. Now is they're very accessible. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Tim feels like he has this rivalry with Bob Vila that he doesn't have because Bob Vila is much better at all of this than him. (laughs) And my question for you is, is I didn't ever watch any Bob Vila shows. Mm. Is Bob Vila the Guy Fieri of home improvement (laughs) stuff? No. Because I look at his hair and the way he dresses, he looks like he's trying to be like a cool guy for uh, all that. What? And oh yeah, that's how I felt about Bob Vila. He dresses exactly like Al Borland. Yeah. So cool. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't wearing flannel, but he was wearing like a plaid shirt. (laughs) Yeah. I could imagine if Bob Vila was around now doing this, like starting out as a young man, that he would have frosted tips. (laughs) I don't think so. I think Bob Vila is like, he's like the Bob Ross of home improvement shows. I was going to say Bob Ross. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. Like that's the thing. He, he, it's kind of great that he like has to like play an asshole in these, in these shows because on this old house, he is like the most innocuous person. Like okay. he's just like, and here's, we're going to show you how to make a pipe fit into this <laughs> pipe. Yeah. And then my favorite thing about these home improvement shows, by the way, cause this old house is still on, but Bob Vila is not on it anymore. It's on PBS. And my favorite thing about it is that they leave for some reason, they, they always leave in the breathing. Cause like these guys are wearing microphones. So like a guy will like go down and he's got like a screwdriver and he's got to screw in this like ceiling fan. And he's like, all right, so now you guys got to install this screw up here. And then it's just him going. (laughs) It's very soothing. You could, I bet you could find a playlist of that to just fall asleep to. Yeah, it's like it's like original <laughs> ASMR for me. <laughs> it's like listening to these like slightly overweight middle aged men breathing. Oh my gosh! As they screw in ceiling fans. <laughs> Tangent. Sorry. Oh, we've never done. But he's not the guy Fieri. Like if no. you want to make, I would say he's more like the Mario Batali. So they make him play kind of. I don't even think he plays kind of an asshole. I think it's just because you're looking at it from Tim's perspective from half Yes. Bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they like, he, I think he kind of leans into it because he's having fun. Yeah. He's doing some acting. If anything, Tim is the asshole. It's called acting. <laughs> I didn't know Bobby Lee was an actor. <laughs> so this episode aired on May 25th, 1994, and the TV Guide description is Tim challenges Bob Vila to a hot rod race, but the car isn't ready yet. Very simple. Very succinct. Basic, mm-hmm. basic description here. Tim's been working on that hot rod. 
for the entirety of the show to this point. I, my favorite part was the montage at the end where they show him building the car over three years. Like it's some yeah. kind of <laughs> sentimental thing. It's like you do realize that they just had people build this car for him. Like the scenes of him holding a steering wheel are not real. Hey, Tim Allen built that on the set. He That was his project. Are you serious? No. God, okay. No. I thought you had some like, <laughs> trivia knowledge here. No, I, like, I did look to see and I couldn't find anything that said that. That's the weird meta of this is like he's like dogging Bob Vila for building a car when he had his car built by other people. Like definitely. Also, like I really hope that they, you know, they never really show him opening or closing the garage door. But he's like running this engine in the garage, with, presumably with the garage door closed for like a long time, and I'm, I'm frankly, I'm, I'm worried for the family. Uh, I did, I did find something mm-hmm. online that says that uh, Tim Taylor had a death wish, and that the hot rod <laughs> represented his fear of death. I love it. Yeah, you know, it was a weird sight, and I've got more from that for later. And Maybe. that's like with the theory that Al Borland is not real. I found a, a oh, I didn't hear that. homeless. <laughs> <laughs> Al Borland is just the Tim's other <laughs> side of his brain. Like the more like that. And that's why, like in this episode, like he was like he was sad or in the in the game episode. He's like, my best years are behind me and all this stuff. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the whole thing in the great race too <laughs> uh, starts because Jill is trying to raise some money for the public library, Detroit Public Library. And they decide to have an auction. They're going to auction off Tim's services on Tool Time. And Al, in his infinite wisdom, decides to bring in Bob Vila because Al knows that Bob Vila will get more money than Tim. Mm -hmm. And I have to say really quickly, Tim is wearing a Pistons shirt. And right now, Drew is wearing a Detroit shirt. I think he did this on purpose. (laughs) I did not. I just normally am wearing Detroit stuff. Yeah. Yeah. My hoodie over there is a Founders hoodie. Well, nice. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Almost always wearing Detroit something. I will say this, like, so Jill's job is to be a fundraiser or does she work for the library? I don't know what her job is. I don't know either. At this point, is she just I a don't philanthropy remember. consultant? Well, she mentions that she's ready to be done, that she doesn't yeah. have to fundraise anymore after this. And this is before she goes back to college. Right. She becomes a psychologist, right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So I, I know I, way too much about this. She show. changes jobs a lot. And I don't think that she really knows what she's doing. No one really does. Tim's kind of a dick to her, too, about it. It's like, oh, yeah, we're all ready for you to be done being this person. <laughs> like, also, like, she doesn't have to raise $1,000. She has to raise $700, apparently, because they could just make up the difference as a family yeah. and throw in the extra three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she- how, like, Tim should have just been like, honey, let's just dip into the savings and get this over with. I'm Tim the Toolman Taylor. I can make a good salary. Look at this house. <laughs> Yeah, she's trying to raise $1,000, and they do their auction during tool time. They're televising Mm -hmm. it. Jill comes out, and she's the auctioneer. And Tim is like, sorry for my wife. She's never done this before, but. I know, what a dick move. (laughs) Like, he was like, bear with my wife. She's never been an auctioneer before. I was like, what are you doing, man? She's good at it. Yeah, so she's like up there with the quick speak and all that. Mm -hmm. I can't talk that fast for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And. Bob Vila comes up. He's the first to be auctioned and he's standing on this giant toolbox, like this giant silver toolbox. They make it seem like he goes for so much more money that he does so much better. He does get more money, but only three people bid on him. 
He goes for 100, yeah. then 200, and then it's a while later, and then he goes for 700. <laughs> yeah, that dude really jumped. Like, I feel like he could have got him for like 300. Yeah, no one, because think about it. Yeah. The audience probably didn't know they were doing an auction. So, like, who had the money? <laughs> it was just those people that happened to have their checkbooks there. Because Tim is not a planner. Right. He yeah. 1,000% yeah, didn't tell true. people. That's yeah. true. Like, it's not like they like pre publicized this. It was really weird to have it done in the studio. Also, like, why the hell didn't they auction off Al? Yeah. They didn't auction him off. I mean, they could have done, like, the Bachelor thing. He was, yeah. Yeah. Wait, is he single at this point? I forget I if he was dating think he someone. Is. I feel like he, you know, he's, oh, wait, yeah, this is a different episode. I'm melding the episodes yeah, together. Right, okay. <laughs> but I will say that, like, Al could have probably gotten at least 100 bucks. Like, this is, uh. Yeah, they're leaving money out on the table. <laughs> so, like, and Tim, Tim, um, proposed this plan to Jill, not knowing that Bob Vila was in so was his plan to just auction off himself and then I the auction was. was over? Yeah. Well, yeah, he has he has a lot of pride in himself. As Wilson says in another episode, he has a lot of hubris. Uh-huh. Uh, so he he probably thought he would have gone for $100 if Jill wasn't there. Yes. I think he says something like, people would pay a lot of money to have me come fix their home, which, no, because nothing he does fixes right. anything. Yeah. <laughs> Every time that he goes anywhere, he's well known by the hospital staff. There's like an episode where he goes onto a Navy ship and they're like, don't touch anything. We know that you're going to fuck it up. And like he does. He almost crashes the entire ship. Oh, jeez. Uh, I did not watch that one. Yeah, it's the episode where they find out that uh, Brad is having sex and he's on the phone and like he hears that Brad is, is having sex or something. And like he just accidentally pushes the the lever to like put it at full throttle and the, everyone just freaks out on the boat. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> I will say too, like Bob Vila should get way more than 700 bucks. Yeah. Like what are the parameters of this auction? Like, does he just come over and fix one thing? Because like if Bob Vila is going to come and do a consultancy for you, like this guy presumably is worth a lot more than $700 for his, for a house, for a house consultancy. I'm just uh. saying, like, I feel like the, the, all the figures are really off here. <laughs> like Jill, a thousand dollars, like being a thousand dollars short of your goal is like not that big of a deal. Yeah, uh, for the Detroit Public Library, yeah. which presumably has a, a high cost that it needs for this. Right. And then Bob Vila only goes for seven hundred. <laughs> uh I mean I know that we're talking about nineteen ninety what what is this, nineteen ninety three dollars or whatever, but ninety four. Ninety four dollars. Okay. But I mean inflation hasn't you know, the economy's been kind of flat, so <laughs> oh, yeah, nothing has gone up. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then, uh, so Tim is putting himself up for auction. Somebody does bid 100. Tim makes up the fact that somebody bid 200. Mm -hmm. And then Jill is like, well, I'll, I'll take him $300. Well, what was his plan if no one bid higher? Was he just going to be like, I guess that guy in the back, he left. Oh, no, I'll, well, I'll Jill, cover for him. Jill probably knew what he did and was like, well, I have to fix this, right? Well, she has to fix a lot of his shit. <laughs> I think everybody knew what he did. Like, yeah. it yeah. was pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah. But also, people that are watching Tool Time might not necessarily have because they can't see the audience. Well, I could think that, like, Jill knew that at that point they were on the hook for 200 and she was still 100 short so she's like screw it honey if you're going <laughs> to use your hubris here we're going to we're going to make up the full difference right i like when they get home or i like when she gets yeah. home and talks yeah. to the kids and yeah. his kids are so mean to him <laughs> also like she is super nice i feel like she like like she he does not deserve her no well like, that's clear <laughs> they should have like she 
like put up with his bull crap and like he's all mad about Bob Vila showing up. If Bob Vila doesn't show up, she doesn't make anything. She literally <laughs> it's three hundred in the hole if Bob Vila doesn't show up. He's all pissy about this, and then she like has to sit down and break it to the kids and be like, "Now don't upset your father because Bob Vila saved my ass." I don't know. It's a yeah. uh, this whole scene is is pretty upsetting, and really Randy's only Randy's a little asshole. <laughs> Randy was so he he was just waiting for that moment. He's like, "What?" He brought it up after he like jumps on his dad. Well, and before that too, Jill says, "Oh, he was bought by a very attractive woman," mm. and Randy's like, "How much did you pay for him?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I the thing about this show too that I didn't realize is like. When I say it's bad, like I'm just talking about like production value for a, like a primetime television show, right? A it's number just, one primetime yeah. show. Like you can literally see multiple instances in this show of people like remembering their lines mid-line. <laughs> like <laughs> I feel like there were multiple instances where people like paused in the middle of saying a line and then like remembered what their line was. You could like see the wheels turning. Yeah. I the, picked a couple points where Al did that and I was yeah. like, oh. he paused for a long time. He paused yeah. for a long time, yeah. This is actually the season that aired when the Santa Claus came out. Mm. So Tim Allen's star power was through the roof. And that was the season that it was number one in the ratings. Interesting. Hmm. So moving forward with it, you know, they they end up going through and he he makes this challenge with Bob uh, after the auction Mm -hmm. that they're going to race these hot rods. He has a turbocharged two liter engine with 370 horsepower and the whole body is made out of aluminum. Big deal. My whole hot rod body's made out of fiberglass. And we all know how fast fiber makes you move. <laughs> Tim, from what I hear, your hot rod's not even running. Maybe you haven't heard right, Bob. I've got to go. I've got to have my hot rod in Gross Point at 10 o'clock. Bob, it's 945. You're never going to make that. Your hot rod couldn't. Mine can't. Are you suggesting your hot rod can beat my hot rod? If the brake shoe fits... So Tim naturally challenges him to to a race up at the old uh, military airport, which made me think of I was trying to think at this point. I'm like, all right, what airport would it be? Because I know they're in Detroit. I'm like, I was hoping it was Selfridge <laughs> Air Base, which was right by where my house was. Uh-huh. And of course, it was actually filmed in Los Angeles. Of course. Burbank, Burbank. Airport, which they shut down yep. for a whole freaking day. So Tim is upset now because he has to actually race his car that doesn't work. And that he has actually never run. Mm-hmm. So he goes back to the house and he's working on it. And he tries to start it. It doesn't start. And Randy's there and he's like, it's so quiet. You can't even tell it's running. Oh, God, Randy's Randy. no help. <laughs> At least Brad is trying to put in some work and help out. And so is Mark. Mark is doing, you know, what he can. Yeah, he can <laughs> tighten a hose. Yeah. He's a hose tightener. Randy is just <laughs> sitting there watching this all unfold and being a dick about the whole thing. Hey, Dad, slow down. Let Mom get in. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, w- I would have been grounded immediately. <laughs> I would have been just sent upstairs. Like, go away. I also love it from a production standpoint that they went to this, first of all, abandoned Air Force base. I don't know, like, this airport like was abandoned, but they could just go film there. No problem. Like they know that like nobody's there or anything. There's, there should be pre-production. All I'm saying is like, who's the producer of tool time? Cause I never, <laughs> you never see it. And Tim is just throwing out these demands left and right. Uh, anyway, I, I think it's just Mr. Benford. I think he's the one <laughs> that, cause there's some episodes where Benford is there and like, ah. I'm pretty sure it's just him saying, here's what we're going to do today. Yeah. 
I think he's a little bit of a father figure to Tim. I didn't watch any of those episodes, but I think there's one where he dies. Binford dies. Uh huh. And Tim is like mourning that and stuff. But yeah, he probably just, you know, gets his way with him and his checkbook. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a blank check for this low rated cable yeah. show. <laughs> we, we, should, we should talk about the range of tool time because I assume yeah. it's it's in Michigan. Yeah. And I would assume maybe at the the peak of tool time, it would be throughout the Midwest at best, like to Chicago, yeah. Cleveland. Well, and it's end. Well, and a like, lot of it's really local because mm-hmm. um, at one point they were doing. I think it was in the first Great Race episode. They have people vote for who their favorite guest was, and it was only at local tool stores. Hmm. Yeah, I just kind of always assumed it was public access because like, but at the same time, it's sponsored by a, a major tool company. Yeah, it's supposed to be. I, I forget exactly where it was like the number four cable show in Michigan oh. was tool time. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Why? This does not seem worth it for Binford Tools. Like they should be supporting something a lot bigger. Yeah. Well, maybe it's because he worked for them. I don't. It's just hell if like, I know. Like think about if like Ryobi had a tool show. It would be like on PBS at least. I don't know what that is. I don't know. Ryobi? I, I, Step let, into a Home Depot, man. Let it be clear <laughs> that I am very bad at knowing anything about tools. Not uh, all of us just bought a house. It's true. I actually had a very home improvement day. I installed two fans today and a lighting fixture wow. before watching these episodes. So. <laughs> You're My just living lo- this life. I am, dude. I, that, when, I was, when I was a kid, I identified with JTT. Now I identify with Tim. <laughs> I mean, I would like to get more into that stuff. My dad has recently gotten into like woodworking and he mm. like just makes all these ridiculously awesome gifts for everyone in our family and stuff. And I'm like, I can't, I don't know what the different screwdrivers are. So <laughs> I know that. I know what that, but I, an example. Okay. I don't know what Ryobi is. You don't know a Ryobi from a Milwaukee. No. Mm-hmm. You could be making up words right now. And I wouldn't it even sounds know. like you are. Milwaukee is a made up word. <laughs> oh, God. Eventually, Tim gets the, uh, he gets the hot rod running with Wilson's help. Wilson, as he always does, comes in with some, uh, some sagely advice mm-hmm. that Tim misremembers and misquotes. Right. Well, Tim, it's been said that when a foot compares itself to a yard, it always comes up short. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying that Vila's the yard, and I'm the foot, and he is better than me, right? Well, only if you perceive him as being better. Philosopher once said, if you place a small value on yourself, rest assured the world will not raise your price. <laughs> but if I believe in myself, I could win this. No, 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 Tim. If you believe in yourself, you've already won. He completely misconstrues this later. He says... <laughs> it's, I didn't write this down right. <laughs> I wrote down, if your feet are short and you don't raise your prices, yeah. you're destined for yard sales. Yeah, if your feet are short. Oh, short. Yeah. yeah. And I would say, if you Typo. think you didn't write it down right, you probably wrote it down how he said yeah. it. This is this is a moment that I like to call the Wilson moment. And it's it's a moment that's in just about every episode, except it wasn't in the next episode that we watched. No. But, well, um, it kind of was. You just couldn't understand right. him because he was he talking super fast. Sped through it, yeah. <laughs> But like the Wilson moment, I'm a little bummed that we didn't watch an episode with like the actual Wilson because there's always a moment in the show where Tim walks out to his backyard and Wilson's out there doing something and then 
they have this like nice moment together over the fence. Yeah. And like Wilson was a, uh, Wilson was a rad dude. I, I, I love Wilson as a character because it's this, it's a perfect counterpoint to Tim who is kind of this weird masculine weirdo. Like there's a <laughs> lot of like uh, passive homophobia and stuff. Like he doesn't want to be hugged and stuff like that. Uh, but then, but then you have Wilson who's like the intellectual over the fence, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. And Wilson was actually inspired by a real neighbor who Tim Allen had when he was a kid he was too small to see over the fence, so he never like saw the neighbor fully, and that was where they got that idea. Hmm. Yeah. So Wilson's face for people who haven't seen the show because they lived under a rock in the '90s, <laughs> his face is always <laughs> a partially covered, usually by the fence. You can only see right. the top half of his face. So yeah, and then in later seasons, they just got more creative with it. You mm-hmm. know, there was the one episode where he had like the Halloween makeup mm-hmm. on, and this episode he's under the car. Yeah. The next one, he's got the board game in front of him and all that. Um, And he's hiding behind Heidi as part of it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) By the way, his full name is Wilson Wilson Wilson. Wilson W. Wilson Jr. Yes. Yep. (laughs) Um, Wilson is also cousins with the Beach Boys. Oh. Oh, Brian Wilson. Yeah, he, uh, there's an episode where the Beach Boys are on it and they're his cousins. Mm Mm-hmm. The Beach Boys, I feel like, were on a lot of shows in the 90s. Like, I remember, I distinctly remember they were on Full House. They were on Full House multiple times. Yeah. They had, a, they had a good time in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> it was their heyday. Uh, I remember being very confused by that as a child because I was like, aren't they supposed to be boys? <laughs> they were like 60. <laughs> it was like how boys to men, I assume half of them are boys and half of them are men. Yeah. yeah. They're all men now. They're all men. And they're playing Las Vegas. Yeah. yeah. I know. I wanted to see them when I was there. The Didn't Mirage. <laughs> I loved boys to men. Motown Philly is still the jam. <laughs> So Tim finally gets the hot rod finished. He gets the family up at 5 a.m. to unveil it to them. And I forgot to say earlier, the car is painted like Smurf blue. Mm -hmm. Is that like a traditional paint color for these cars? Well, like hot rods, you got to paint them hot colors. You know, like yellow is very famous, uh, very good. Well, like Bob Vila's car was yellow. Yeah. I don't know. I I like that kind of electric blue color, you know. Got to stand out. Got to stand out. Yeah. (laughs) Just reminded me of a Smurf a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, presumably, Tim off camera finds an auto part store that's open 24 hours. Yeah, because, I mean, he usually goes to his buddy Harry's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Harry, the guy that plays him, I was like, God, why does your voice sound so familiar? Uh, and I realized the thing that my fr- my brain first went to is the guy who plays Harry is the dude from, like, the water boy who is the coach. Oh, uh, yes, like, yes, yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. He's in so many Adam Sandler movies. Oh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I placed him now in Tool Time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or Home Improvement. My, <laughs> tool Time, Home Improvement. My family, I feel like, used to call this show Tool Time. Yeah. That's, it's that's easier fair. to say. Yeah. Yeah, but that guy, he was in so many Adam Sandler movies, and I was like, man, that voice just sounds familiar. <laughs> I assume he went to Harry's. Mm-hmm. So they get there. He has a nice little moment with Randy where Randy's like, yeah, you're going to do it. Don't ground me and sort of thing. Yeah. I feel he, like he's like, you're going to win because you have this kind of engine and all of this other stuff that I didn't write down because mm-hmm. I don't understand cars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and Tim's like, wait, you sound like me now. Oh. I know. And then they do their little grunt off where they're yeah. like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, there was a website I was looking up just random stuff about this. And there was like a fake website about uh, home improvement that just had all these things. And I didn't know it was fake until I read the first first fact they had, which is like that the grunts were all supposed to be racial slurs. Oh, geez. And I was like, oh, OK, this isn't a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just feel like this moment with Randy was not earned by any, like it was not earned. 
at all from a from like a character motivation standpoint this is like one of the things where it's like these shows are badly crafted right because like <laughs> it's not about like having characters motive it's about making you feel good it's a feel good 90s moment like the feel good 90s sitcom moment in the last you know five minutes of the show well is tim getting what he wanted from his son a bonding moment yeah but like we never see like randy just goes from being a twerp to being a nice guy i guess it's a mood swing of a child so (laughs) yeah i guess maybe like he had helped him work on the car or something like that but it's wilson that helps him it it doesn't matter yeah exactly like that would have been better if like if like you see tim working on the car downstairs and he's like freaking out in the garage and then like randy comes in he's like hey man i couldn't he's like randy what are you doing here he's like i couldn't sleep and he's like well grab a wrench like that would have been nicer i'm i'm writing the show for them Uh, posthumously because the show's dead we we can write we can write the revival (laughs) yeah This is actually probably a good time to say I recently listened to this new podcast called Let's Write an Episode, Uh where they go back to these old 90s TV shows and write an episode. So like the first episode is them kind of walking through the plot and all that. And then the second episode, they're reading a script live. Oh, my God. That's awesome. So they did one that was about Saved by the Bell that I Uh listened to, and it was really good. And it Screech dies. Spoiler alert. Screech dies? (laughs) Yeah, Screech dies at the very beginning by falling off of an overpass. Oh, yeah, you tell me about this one. (laughs) Because he's trying to hang a banner to proclaim his love to Lisa. Lisa Uh Turtle. (laughs) So, Uh yeah, people should check out that podcast, Let's Write an Episode. Mm -hmm. So, moving forward, Mm -hmm. we get to the actual race. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Heidi, the tool girl, the second tool girl. Yeah. After Pamela Anderson, who right. was the first tool girl. Was Heidi, she only the tool girl for like the first season? First two seasons. Oh, 40, first two seasons. So 48 this is, episodes. This was Heidi's first season as Heidi. Uh, yes. Because this is season three. The other yeah. tool girl, the one Pamela Anderson played, was Lisa. Yes. Ah. Uh, and I definitely had a crush on Heidi. <laughs> yeah, Heidi's a formative human for being for me as yeah. well. <laughs> I had feelings that I did not understand at the time because I was a young child. But I understand those feelings now, and they're still there when I watch it. I'm fairly certain that's why Heidi is there. Well, yeah. She's also a master electrician. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right. Lisa was not. Her job outside was she left the show to become a paramedic. Yeah. A.K.A. Mm. go to Baywatch, where she's a lifeguard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, They have the race. Tim loses. It's a close race. Right. It's, you know, it's a photo finish. As almost. Al says, I can't believe he's keeping up with him. Yeah. It was a very short race. <laughs> well, just quarter, mile. quarter mile. Oh, it was? Quarter it mile. seemed really short. <laughs> yeah. Just like uh, Dom Toretto, he loses life one quarter mile at a time. <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about it, if they're going 60 miles an hour, it would only last 50, 15 seconds. That's true. And they're probably going faster than that. I can't yeah. do math in my head. There is a Fast and Furious connection between Home Improvement and, well, Fast and Furious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and that is for Brad. Zachary Ty Bryan was in uh, Fast and Furious 3. Tokyo Drift? Yeah. Well, there you go. So it was a little, little Bow Wow. I did not know that. I have not <laughs> seen Fast and Furious 3. I saw the first one and the second one, and I was like, Tyrese is a terrible actor, and I just stopped watching them. Yeah, but I'm, bl- I'm glad they brought him back for 7 and 8. <laughs> Never seen any of those. Yeah. Uh, Tim... <laughs> Tim, when he gets home and, you know, Jill's trying to console him and all this stuff. And Tim's taking it pretty good. He's like, ah, no, yeah, we're this all fine. And he realized that he could have won, but he didn't want to ruin his new car by 
pushing it past the mm-hmm. limit, blow out the engine. Yeah, he said he had never broken in the engine, so it wasn't worth it for one race when he's been working on the car for three years. Yeah, mm-hmm. Bob had experts put his together. He ain't no real man. Yeah, so Jill's exactly. like, you're saying you let him win? So it's kind of a growing moment for Tim. Like, he didn't act impulsively and just mm-hmm. try to beat him. And it's going to be about to be an even more growing moment because they're about to make out the rumble seat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Open up the rumble scene. The, the makeout scenes in this lasted longer than I expected. I yeah. Was, uh, yeah. <laughs> both of them were both like uncomfortably long. <laughs> and also like, I don't know if they're actually smooching or not, but like, cause like of the way that their heads are, that they don't need to be smooching because their heads block each other. Yeah. So I hope that they're not smooching because nobody wants to kiss Tim Allen. <laughs> like literally no one. But it looked like they were getting busy, which is a. Uh... Is he married? Oh, yeah. I'm sure he is. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Based on nothing. <laughs> the, the audience during this is like ooing and aahing and traditional which, yeah. live studio audience fashion. That had to be super awkward to be a studio audience member for this because you assume they had to. I know they had to do multiple takes because oh, yeah. in the little yeah, they do a aftercut, the bloopers, he can't get the, the rumble seat out. Yeah. And like, I watched several episodes where they make out and yeah. every time it is just, it, it goes on at least like 10 seconds longer than I think the scene will go on for. Yeah. I feel like this show falls into the classic sitcom trope of like the weird, goofy husband and like the attractive wife, right? Like this is like the... It's a trope that's carried through from, like, Jackie Gleason to King of Queens, right? In all of those instances, I always feel so bad for the woman that they they have to (laughs) act like they're in love with these goobers. Like, Kevin James has freaking kissed so many attractive women that he has no business kissing. Yeah. (laughs) You know that he's part of, like, that casting, too. He's like, all right. Yeah, exactly. Who do I get to smooch? So he was married to this really hot girl on his current show, and then they fired her to bring back Leah Remini. Ooh. So Uh, so he was just really missing Leah's Actually, so, yeah, they killed off that character. Oh, God. And then Leah Remini comes in. Are they married in the show? I don't know if they're married. Are they, like, dating? There's something. She's like, let me just date this pudgy, overweight, middle-aged guy that has I don't watch the show. I think it's Mm. Kevin Can Wait or whatever. Yeah, Kevin Can Wait. But um, maybe she comes in to, like, take care of the kids or something. But, yeah, they literally killed off that other actress so they could bring in Leah Remini. I thought it was just King of Queens 2. It pretty much is. (laughs) Now it is. (laughs) Is is Jerry Stiller on it? (laughs) I don't don't know. I have no idea. (laughs) Never seen it. Who watches these shows? (laughs) I've watched King of Queens a lot. I've seen it. I've watched it in syndication. I like King of Queens. It's funny. (laughs) (laughs) I love Jerry Stiller. I can't wait for your 2000s podcast. (laughs) Uh, It'll just be me talking about a different Scrubs episode every week. (laughs) You You could just do a Scrubs podcast. Oh, Uh, man. Don't give me ideas. I'm rewatching The Office and like... It's so good. It's really good, but I feel like... And we're turning this into Office podcast. But like... Michael Scott's such a fucking asshole. <laughs> is he more of an asshole than Tim is to Al, his kid's yes! wife? Michael Scott is a raging asshole. <laughs> uh, anyway. Would you like to try my gookie gookie? Yes. <laughs> just every time. Every time. He's a, I like, I get it. And I've, this, I've watched the entire run of The Office like multiple times. And it's like just this time I'm like, Michael. I think because I just watched Parks and Rec. And like Parks and Rec, everybody's very happy and nice yeah. and fun. And like... There's a real darkness to the office. Anyway, (laughs) 
Let's well, keep going. Do you guys want to rate this episode? Yes. Mm. So I think I kind of liked the first Great Race episode better than this one. Mm. The other one had the prank of Randy and Brad trying to get Mark to eat it or like put a tadpole in his mouth and then he accidentally swallows it. And then I thought that the lawnmower rather than the hot rod was a little bit more true to the show itself. Mm-hmm. Knowing that, you know, he has built these hot rods over the course of the show is definitely a big part of it. But the lawnmower just seemed funny. He puts literally a jet engine on it. Mm-hmm. He always wants more power. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's so many catchphrases. More power. Totally. Yeah. 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 But I did like this episode. I think that it had some good moments. And I actually like Randy. I know you guys were shitting on him a lot, but mm. I think he's pretty funny. He's a twerp. He's very funny. <laughs> he's just kind of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> he's the middle child. So I'm going to give this one three and a half auction blocks. Mm. Can we go out of five? Oh, yeah. Out, out of five? five. And you can pick your scale just this like some, tough. It's some like, part of the show. It's just tough because... I feel like it was a good finale. I like the rivalry with Vila. I like um, I like the hot rod. I'm actually a big fan of the hot rod. Uh, I didn't love the setup. I didn't love the auction. I thought the auction was weird. I'm it was just a it, way to get him on the show. <laughs> it's so like I feel like it's so hard because like I'm grading. On, I can't grade on a scale of like good television. Like I have to grade <laughs> it on a home improvement scale. In which case. Like, I actually, I actually had, like, a sense memory of some of the points in the show. So, like, they stuck with me for years. So, I'll, I'll give it three and a half beard, Vila beards. Three and a half Vila beards. Okay. Uh, I chose this one because I like the the history of, the you know, the Bob Vila problems that they had and, you know, the rivalry between them. And, uh, you know, Tim just... Every time, every single time he's around Bob Vila, he goes through and he has like the lesson with Wilson. And he's like, you're right. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't be jealous. I shouldn't compare him. But then every fucking time he just <laughs> does the same thing again. And he's like comparing himself to Bob Vila all over again like a fool. I, I like the hot rod part of this, too, is even though I don't know anything about cars, I do remember as a kid going to like Woodward and you get to watch the when they like the classic car drive up and down Woodward. And there's always the International Car Show in Michigan and stuff. I would give this one three Randy insults. Three of Randy's insults Mm. out of five. All right. What a twerp. (laughs) He is. So the next one is Games, Flames, and Automobiles from season five, which aired on May 21st, 1996. And the TV guide description is a little bit more fleshed out with this one, but not much. Al thinks his tool time board game will give him financial security, but faulty wiring sends him up in flames along with his investment of his life savings. The title of this episode is great already <laughs> because Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is the best Thanksgiving movie ever. Never Where's seen the it. automobile in this Hold movie? Hold on. Well, you never seen it? Time out again. <laughs> you don't have to tell me you haven't seen them anymore because I know. <laughs> <laughs> I came into this assuming you hadn't seen Planes, Trains, and Automobiles this I actually week. tried to watch it and then I turned it off. Ouch. <laughs> Drew looks hurt. <laughs> I am. Were you annoyed too much with John Candy's character? Because he brings it around. Yeah. No, I think I just decided to watch something different. Mm. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Oh. <laughs> also, there are no automobiles in this episode. Uh, 
Well, technically, on the board game, there's an automobile. It's the thing that catches it's fire. It's a replica automobile. No, and they're building the new hot rod. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He's building okay. the new hot rod. There I, we yeah, go. The, these things blend together. Yeah, everything <laughs> kind of goes together. But, yeah. uh, Al is very sad at the beginning of this episode. Mm-hmm. They're, they're wrapping up another season of Tool Time, and he doesn't really know what's going on in his life. And, like... He's about to turn the big three seven. Yeah. <laughs> Which I always assumed as a child that Al was like minimum 45. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm 32. Like I, I'm like Al's five years older than me. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. And Tim made me feel real bad. Tim is only like 40 at this point, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't look that up. I assumed he was older too. Mm, I mean he yeah. has I thought at Al least was two teenage. Oh, you did? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Tim's a dick to him, though. Like, Al is clearly <laughs> depressed and, like, just sad. He's really sad. And Tim is like, you're never going to get married. Don't worry about it. That he's, sort of stuff. And, like, <laughs> he's just always. First of all, there's several things Tim always jokes about about uh, Al. His beard, mm-hmm. his clothing, and his mother. And, like, he always makes fun of Al's mom, like, for being this just. He, like it's yo mama jokes, but yeah. like, taken to the next level. Talking about how fat she is and like having to like walk around her and taking a break and, and all. She dies on the show. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Well, also like yeah, like when when uh, when Al approaches him with his board game idea, he's like, "Hey, you remember that board game?" And he's like, "Yeah, I ha- I thought it was stupid, but everybody else liked it." Like that is the most backhanded compliment you could ever give someone. Oh my gosh. And. <laughs> But that was enough for Al to be like, this was a good idea if everybody else loved it. This is my thing. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to put all of my money into this tool time board game. Yeah. And he does. Which gets. okay. so presumably this episode (laughs) takes place over the two week hiatus, correct? Uh, Because they they mentioned a two week hiatus at the beginning of the episode and Heidi's going to the Caribbean. Yeah. And then she's back later. Right. So Oh, she is back she's later. She's back at the end. I'm just saying these things got manufactured incredibly fast. <laughs> they did get manufactured. The commercial that Al makes gets made within hours. Well, he works at a TV station though. He could he could whip that up. Right, but quick. it seems like it was the next day. Yeah. No, it was the same day. Yeah. It's the same day because he gets home because he was sad. And Tim is at home talking to Jill, and she's saying something. Did you tell Al that he was creative? Right. So that's the same fucking day. And then they find that he's already invested all of his money. Yeah. And that he's made a commercial. And he's and manufactured this, 500 board games. And he board has games. all of the board games yeah. in, in his, his apartment. <laughs> so he has made the commercial, ordered the games, got them manufactured, had them delivered Within hours, <laughs> Al can do anything he fucking wants. This is what I'm talking about when I say this show is bad. Like, it doesn't hold up to an ounce of scrutiny. This I show. mean, they probably weren't expecting us to be dissecting it at this level. They didn't yeah. foresee the streaming television thing. Yeah. They're like, yeah, it'll be in syndication, but people will have to wait a really long time before they see this episode again. Yeah, I guess, but still. The it com- is a f- season finale, too. You'd think they'd yeah, put more. Absolutely. <laughs> like, uh, it's great. Like, he should have been, like, uh, whatever. I, I'm not going to rewrite this episode, but it, yeah. the fact <laughs> that it's there's such a quick turnaround to this, because uh, you're right, Heidi did come back. Yeah. Anyway, so it's gotta, yeah. Wait, so wait, that brings up another uh, problem, uh-huh. because the commercial airs the same night. Look, look, my commercial's on. Look for me and my friends on the cover of the box. So act now, because these games will go like hotcakes. We'll ship your order out within three business days or double your money back. You have Al Borland's personal guarantee. So now, 
You can do more than just watch us on TV. You can play with us at home. Call now. Operators are standing by. So he's got connections. We already know that. So that's how he at least gets the commercial right, on the air. On the air, he could. Do um, that. But his his guarantee, which is the stupidest guarantee that anyone yes. is, double your double money your back money if you're back. not satisfied. Also, double your money back if it's not shipped to you within three days. <laughs> so Heidi is back. Maybe she hasn't left yet. Maybe that's it. Maybe, Maybe. she hasn't left for her trip yet because <laughs> she's she back to help out. Her trip just to help because she's there helping at the end. But his commercial, his commercial is so bad. It's made so fast, so I guess that makes sense why it's so bad. But there's no phone number ever. <laughs> there's no phone number given. And he says, call now. Operators are standing by. And then the phone rings. But there's no phone. I watched. I made Katie rewind it uh-huh. so I could yeah. double check. Yeah, there's, it's, you're right. No scrutiny here. No scrutiny on this episode. Yeah. And... Um, Al says that he's like super excited. His financial future is intact now. Like this is going to be his thing. He can finally propose to Eileen. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Eileen is back with Jill saying like she doesn't know if she can wait around for Al. Like now he has this thing going on. Like when is he going to propose? Because she's about to turn the big three, four. Oh, God. <laughs> Maybe I just look that old and I don't know it. I just don't feel like I look as old <laughs> <laughs> like I don't mean like I'm five years away from Al Borland, but maybe I am. Maybe I'm just in denial. I don't know because wait, how, isn't isn't I'm trying to think What's of who's point? that age? I'm trying to think of who's that age that we know, and then I compare them because Al looks older than any of my oh, friends. Oh yeah, yeah. Al looks that's, older than that's everybody. That's the point. I'm trying to yeah. think of who's the closest age, and then say no, they don't look that old. Well, my sister is like that old. She doesn't look that old. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Man, all these casting problems. I know. This show does not hold up to an ounce of scrutiny. Yeah. So Tim comes in and Jill's like, well, Eileen is probably going to break it off with Al. And Tim tells her that, oh, he's going to propose on Saturday, but don't tell her. Yeah. Fucking Jill. (laughs) No, I blame Tim for this one. Uh, I guess you could blame either. But like Jill fucks up so huge. I would be so pissed off. Jill doesn't say a word out loud. That is true. But she does oh, the come nod. On. She does the oh, nodding come thing. On. She doesn't know anything. But Tim's the one immediately before this, Al's like, don't say anything. And then what does Tim do? The first fucking thing he sees his wife when he knows that Eileen is there. Well, he yeah, knows she's there. And he's Tim like, Tim's trying ah, hold to on. save the marriage because Jill tells him that she's thinking of leaving. And he's like, she probably doesn't want to do that. No, he doesn't say anything about that she's going to leave. She's like, oh, just wondering when he's going to propose. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So. Well, she, she's thinking about it because Jill actually mentions, like, maybe you shouldn't wait around. Right. So that part's Jill's Also, fault. like, they're married. Like, they should be able to share secrets with each other. Right. But maybe just wait till Eileen's not in your house. Yeah, that's a that's a good call. Because especially if you know that Jill has these proclivities where she can't yeah. keep a fucking secret. Jill. <laughs> I'm not saying Jill is perfect. I'm saying that Tim is also at fault here. All Tim wants to do is work on his fucking car. He's an hour late on his car. He's been an hour delayed on working on his car. And he just wants to get out there and get into the garage. Which he doesn't remember talking to anyone when he's working on his car. Yeah, he keeps saying, you were there? (laughs) I do like how that, that's a good recurring joke. I was like, you guys are doing good here. You're doing good work. You know, you maybe should have focused on plot a little bit more, but I like the callback. 
Yeah, callbacks are always good. Yeah. It's kind of like a little inside joke usually. Exactly. It's an inside joke with the audience. Yeah. There's a callback to home improvement in Toy Story. Oh, really? Yeah. Sid's toolbox is a bin for tools. Oh. Toolbox. There you go. That's more of an Easter egg. I guess so. <laughs> Six and one half dozen the other. <laughs> are we going to talk about this board game? Yeah, we're going to talk about it right now. Because okay. this is where Mark comes down and he wants to play the tool time game, which, right. by the way, is gigantic. It's amazing. It's like the, the, the of a table. And the production value on this thing, that's the thing. Like, producing 500 board games is one thing, but... Producing 500 of this board game would take like a year easily. Oh, there's so much wiring and yeah. so many things. That Not to mention, it. like, you got to go through a whole process. You got to white box the thing, get approvals, <laughs> get graphics made. Eric knows all about this. It's like, this This is insane. And there's like electronics, there's like a little magnet that moves a, a ambulance around. It's just as astounding to me that they were able to, like, I just assume this is like the next year, the following year. <laughs> well, the guy that he gets it from, Lars, is mm -hmm. a criminal. So, I mean, maybe he, Even he still, did some shady things. You know, he may be a criminal, but I, I respect him. Yeah. I mean, he, he put out a, a consumable product that was a massive danger. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, all board games have to pass product safety tests as well in order to be whatever. This you was know. the 90s. Yeah. There was none of that. They didn't have these regulations. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe this is games. why they have those regulations because this board game catches fire. Mm -hmm. The hospital catches fire because of the wrong wire being used. Something right. like it was supposed to be a 16 gauge and it was a 24. I don't know anything about this. I believe it was a 24 and it needed to be an 18, but one of those. You know. Something like that. <laughs> Either way, the real Tool Time board game is not the same as this one, which was really sad for me. I it's was Tool it Time, was not Home Improvement? Yeah, it's... Hold on. No, it's home, it's home Improvement. I've got it here. It's the Home Improvement board game. Because the whole point of the game is to improve your home and increase its equity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is exactly what the theme of this show is, so... Yeah. The description of it just says, come and meet Tim, Al, Wilson, and all the rest of the gang. You're the pro with all the stuff to get the job done. The first player to increase the equity of their house by $50,000 wins the game. This is a fun, lighthearted look at home improvements. You don't even have to pick up a hammer to feel like a pro. When did this come out? I don't know. It'll say up here. Uh, 1993. And yeah, playing time 90 minutes, which is not kind of the family weight style game that <laughs> yeah. I would think. I don't know. Monopoly takes a really long time, too. Yeah, I guess if Monopoly is your benchmark. But I mean, <laughs> when I think of like a family weight game, I'm thinking like 30 minutes stops. Alternate names. Handyman, colon, the hilarious home improvement game. Oh, God. Uh, it looks horrible. Uh, my favorite thing is designer uncredited. <laughs> yeah, whoever made it was like, nah. It was Al Borland. Uh, we all know it. This was not the only home improvement game, though. Uh-huh. There was also a home improvement video game for Super mm. Nintendo. Oh. Um, it was called, I think it was just called. What? Home Improvement Power Tool Pursuit is a Tim Allen grunt in video game form. A grunt in video game form. Oh, my God. Is that what you just said? Yeah. What does I that even Super mean? I would like you to come around, Katie, here for a okay. moment. This is for Super Nintendo? Yeah. Oh, my God. I want to get this game. I want to eBay this. This one doesn't have a sound. Oh, no, it does. Okay. Oh, my God. It's a side-scroller. It looks like Sonic this the Hedgehog. A, it's a reskin. What? An ant? <laughs> no, no. That's It gets better. A termite? It gets better. Watch what he's going to fight in a moment. Oh it's God. a dinosaur. That's what I thought. This looks like a Jurassic Park reskin. 
I like when he jumps, he farts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why does he make a fart noise whenever he jumps? Anyways, I just wanted to show you that. He also gets a chainsaw that shoots power waves. Um, what? Man. That's pretty crazy. They were like <laughs> slapping whatever they can. Like this, that just shows you how big this show was that they were like, well, we have this dinosaur game. Just put Tim Allen in it. We need a we need a home improvement game on the shelves. So, so the game is Home Improvement Power Tool Pursuit, and it's on SNES. And it is basically the whole premise is he needs to find these crates that have power tools and stuff to get the set back together uh, for Benford. But he's fighting dinosaurs. He's fighting mummies, giant scorpions, <laughs> what? ghosts. All of these things in these different levels. And I found uh, some stuff on a, a wiki called Crappy Games Wiki. And here's the 10 reasons why it sucks. <laughs> One, the opening cutscene is boring. It's just a bunch of text. I can attest to that. I watched the entire thing earlier and it takes like five minutes to get through. <laughs> and you know you couldn't skip past that back then. Mm -hmm. Oh. It's just... Literally, it's like, you guys know what time it is? Tool time. And that just keeps going through this stuff with no, just like no plot to it. <laughs> Whoa. You found it? Yeah. They got it on eBay here. Cheapest price is 30 bucks. Nice. That's not too bad. It's way more. Like, you could get a lot of games for like less than $10 oh, really? for SNES. Yeah. 34 30 34 44 85 dollars <laughs> 85 oh. it's got the actual box though for oh, the 85 nice. one here's here's the best part there's all, all the reasons why it sucks like the game is horrible there's bad level design but my favorite thing is the instruction manual <laughs> there's no instruction manual it's just a piece of paper with a sticker plastered on it that says real men don't need instructions <laughs> <laughs> Uh, new sealed, new in uh, factory sealed is $250 for this game. We've got some spare money lying around. I was going to pick it up because I assumed it would be like $6.99, but <laughs> that's too rich for my blood. Yeah. I'm sure you can find an emulator online somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's the real games that, that, that this came out with. Yeah. This game is, I don't know. It seemed mostly around like Tim hurting himself. So it's like, oh, you installed this incorrectly yeah. and you got electrocuted. You're going to the hospital. Wait for an ambulance. This is like the most passive aggressive thing. This is like <laughs> this. All this is is a, is is revenge for Al. This yeah. is, these are like all the things that like when he's in the shower and he's like mad and thinking about Tim. These are the things that he thinks up <laughs> and then he like writes them down. Well, think about it. Tim doesn't pay him well. He right. degrades him on television yeah, every public, day. Public humiliation. He's mean to him outside of the show. Mm -hmm. Like there's an episode where they operate a crane and Al used to be a crane operator. He's like super excited. He loves cranes. It's like his passion. And Tim just like pushes him out of the way and goes and does it himself. And because Tim is an idiot, ends up dropping a yeah. steel I-beam onto Jill's car. Onto Jill's but, oh. Chevy Nomad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like everything Tim does is just dickish to Al. Yeah. So this is Al getting back. Also, gameplay wise, worst gameplay ever. It's literally <laughs> roll the dice, read a card. Roll the dice, read a card. That's not engaging, Al. <laughs> hey, but Al's doing well. He is. I mean, he's, he's selling. They're selling like hotcakes. Yeah, he is taking all these calls. Mm -hmm. His brother, Cal, is helping him. And <laughs> Cal looks exactly like Al. And he's a little heavier. <laughs> he's a little bit heavier. Mm -hmm. He's actually a physicist. 
And the actor who played him was a fan who sent in a letter, like a fan letter with a photo. And when the producers saw that, they were like, let's hire him to be Al's brother. That's amazing. I love Cal <laughs> Borland, dude. Cal Borland is great. Uh, since we're talking about Cal, by the way, what's the deal with him and Heidi at the end of the episode? I didn't. I missed like, that. He's like help when they're when Tim's going around, by the way, just supervising and not actually doing any work just going around and yeah i know what you're talking about they're, yeah. all, they're all fixing the games yeah. because of the wire yeah tim goes over to heidi and cal literally has his arms wrapped around her <laughs> and is like helping her and then he's like cal go do your own work but like there's there's a bunch of different ways to interpret that but it seems like heidi was like kind of into it i'm just wondering if like cal and heidi or like an unlikely couple. <laughs> I mean, I know that later on in the show she got knocked up and married and stuff. So, mm-hmm. but I don't think it was to Cal. Oh, <laughs> I don't think that like this is love. I think this is more of like a, a little flame, little passion project. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, the reason that they're all trying to help out with the wiring is because when they play it, as we said, the ambulance sets on fire. The game goes. All the things are bad. He goes. Tim goes to tell Al. And Al has a little mini freak out and kind of runs away and he goes to his cabin. Mm-hmm. And so while he's at his cabin, Tim figures out how the game can be fixed. And it was really just one wire that needed to be replaced. So he gets everybody involved in fixing all 500 copies of this before mm-hmm. he ships out the game. So mm-hmm. this is within that three day mm-hmm. time window. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He actually gives himself only two days. Yeah. When, uh, <laughs> When Tim is going through and trying to figure out how to fix this, Brad comes in with the best haircut. <laughs> I don't know if you remember yeah. this. Oh, yeah. I had it. Do you shave underneath? You had that? You had the haircut? You I need a picture. Underneath. I mean, I never had the pony. I never did the ponytail, but oh, I definitely okay. had to shave the sides long on the top. <laughs> you know, I feel like that was a very, like, 90s thing. Oh, God. It was. And so he had it pulled back into a ponytail, mm-hmm. which... It actually looked pretty similar to how some guys have their like mm-hmm. man bun mm-hmm. situation yeah. now. Yeah. Top bun. He just needed to tuck it under a little bit. He had a, he had a nice Detroit Pistons shirt on at the time uh, <laughs> as well. There's an episode where Brad is wearing a Detroit Vipers shirt and the Detroit Vipers were an IHL hockey team that I saw play a few times, but one st- stands out to me because I saw Gordy Howe play a shift for them. Mm. Uh don't know. I, I assume. <laughs> do you know who Gordy Howe yes, is? Yes, of okay, course. Thank you. I know this one. Gordy Howe is like the most famous hockey player of all time, in my opinion. Uh, um, more than Wayne, Wayne Gretzky. Gretzky. More than Wayne Gretzky. probably <laughs> more famous, but. I think that. He, okay, that's fine. That's fair enough. I think Wayne Gordy Gretzky's more, more famous. Maybe you're thinking that this guy is better. No. Well, depends on what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Uh, either way, Gordy Howe set a record for playing in a professional <laughs> hockey game over five different decades, which is. Mm-hmm ridiculous wow mm-hmm. but it just got me thinking of all the different michigan things that they mm-hmm. wore on the show we had the lions which is the only time anyone's been proud to wear lions gear on national television oh speaking of this but okay i got a couple questions for this yeah. first of all is tim shirt actually an extra extra large or do they just sell them saying extra extra large because his shirt says detroit lions xxl I don't know. Maybe that was just the brand. Yeah, I but thought then, it was like a branding thing. I would say that. But then in the, sh- in the when they do the flashback, they show Brad wearing a shirt that's Detroit Lions medium. Oh. So anyway, this is <laughs> that's the first thing I have to say. And then this this outfit recurs because, like I said, this was in the prior episode yeah. with the Detroit Lions t-shirt and the jeans. And then in this episode, when he is 
playing the board game and it catches on fire. He's also wearing the, the Detroit Lions t-shirt and the jeans. Then he goes over to Al's house and he says, we were playing the board game last night. And he's still <laughs> wearing the outfit with the Detroit Lions t-shirt and the jeans. So this means that he wears this almost every day. Like, this is just his thing. Well, Maybe he, he has multiple. He yeah. might, because he does wear a lot of Michigan college shirts mm -hmm. and sweaters, which the college has actually sent to him. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he said that he would wear any Michigan colleges for free uh, as free advertisers as long as they were from Michigan. I think only one college managed to, like, slip through that wasn't from Michigan. It was, like, a South Carolina one. Is he from Michigan? He's oh, originally yeah. from Denver. He was oh. born in Denver, raised oh. there for the first 13 years of his life, and then after his Two years after his dad died, I think it was, he moved to Michigan with his family, went to Central Michigan and Western Michigan. Oh. Yep. He went to both colleges? Yep. Anyway. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but my, but the last thing I have with the colleges is he actually wore a shirt from my alma mater, Grand Valley State University, in season three. So I had to go back and watch that episode, which is... <laughs> What you see is what you get where he envisions Jill getting plastic surgery. I think it's getting oh, a boom job or something like that, <laughs> which is also the only episode that Tim Allen co-wrote. <laughs> yeah, if you go wow. on the Wikipedia, it shows all of the episodes that he's wearing a college or university shirt. Oh, I was wondering about this. I was like, is there a website called like Tim Allen's college shirts.net? It's just Wikipedia, man. Yeah, it's there just a section that says Michigan College and University Wear, and it has the college, the city, the episode, and the season. I just think that, like, at the beginning of the episode, it's literally a joke that Al Borland takes off a flannel shirt and then puts on the exact same flannel shirt, which is hanging up in his closet full of flannel full of, shirts. Full of the same I feel like Tim Allen's got a closet full of these Detroit Lions XXL shirts, <laughs> and, and he just takes one off and puts another one on. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they end up getting the games fixed in time, saving Al not just his life savings, but double his life savings. Right. Because of his stupid, <laughs> mm -hmm. stupid, stupid plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Al comes back from his cabin, sees them all there fixing their games, and is very touched. He mm -hmm. can't believe that everybody was doing this for him. Mm -hmm. And it is in that moment that he decides that he's so happy that he's going to propose to Eileen. I've known you were the one for me ever since we teed off on the moderate to difficult course at the Putt-Putt Panorama. <laughs> Eileen Markham, will you marry me? Oh. Yes, you will! <laughs> what she said! <laughs> he doesn't have a ring, so Tim takes the tool belt off of the owl figurine from the game and Al puts it on her finger and it fits perfectly. I wonder what the MSRP is for these things. Because like with the with the production value alone, like this is like a Kickstarter with multiple stretch goals we're talking about. <laughs> like I'm thinking that these are like 140 bucks a piece. I was going to say I bet the game would cost around 70 back then. Yeah, I was thinking like 60. I, I really think like over 100 because I mean, custom miniatures in ninety six dollars. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe less. But yeah, like yeah, custom miniatures plus custom clothing for your miniatures plus an ambulance and like a how and the box is huge. Plus, it comes on a lazy Susan. The thing like comes on a lazy Susan. I forgot about that. Box. Yeah, made for easy turning. Exactly. I, I but he's a tool that, man, so you know. I'm just saying, like I, I feel like this thing is is gonna be. It's going to have a high cost. Yeah. So they get engaged, but I read ahead mm -hmm. and they actually decide at their wedding that they shouldn't get married. And 
in season seven, Al meets a woman named Trudy. And they get married in the season finale. And she's played by Megan Cavanaugh, who was Marla Hooch in A League of Their Own. And when I was looking that up on IMDb, I didn't realize there was also a League of Their Own TV show. Mm, I did not know that. From 1993, six episodes. Mm. But she was in that too. That's one more than the Home Improvement spinoff had. There was a spinoff? There was a spinoff to Home Improvement. It was called Buddies. Uh It starred Dave Chappelle. (laughs) <laughs> and it was supposed to star Jim Brewer because they were mm-hmm. both in an episode of Home Improvement and there was a good reaction to it. And so the studio executives were like, we're going to do a spinoff uh, where there are these characters. It was like there were guys complaining about their wives or something. And then they decided not to have Jim Brewer. And then there was like bad, uh, <laughs> I don't know, chemistry between Chappelle and the next guy. So it lasted five episodes and – Huh. It was gone. Crazy. Yeah. The <laughs> Home Improvement episode Chappelle was on was his first TV appearance of anything. Huh. Wow. It was after Robin Hood Men in Tights and stuff, but. <laughs> and who would have thought that today Dave Chappelle would be a more famous comedian than Tim Allen? I Things guess. happen, sir. Yeah. It's an amazing world. <laughs> Jim Brewer is probably not, but. Jim Brewer is arguably the greatest comedian <laughs> of all time. I don't know who that is. Have you seen uh, Half Baked? I know you haven't. It's no, okay. I actually have. Holy shit. Oh. Yeah. We watched that with like my second cousins at a family reunion in like 1999. <laughs> I don't remember any of it He's really. Half Baked. Okay. So I have seen it, but I just don't remember. He's also on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking of things that Katie might be able to pick him out from. He <laughs> so was you, the you goat thought Half Baked was the reference, even though you didn't think I had seen it? I mean, that was like the movie I mean, that I feel like is his most famous one. Okay. Yeah. I have seen it. I just don't remember him. <laughs> Shall we rate it? Yeah. Mm. All right. I'll go first on this one. The board game thing just led me down such a wonderful <laughs> hole of research. I mean, to find the real Home Improvement board game and see just how it was somehow worse than the game that Al made. Uh-huh. And then to see the video game and see that it is also somehow worse than both of those <laughs> is just a great thing and really speaks to the 90s, I think, in that they're like, fuck it, people will buy it. Mm-hmm. We don't have to worry about anything else. People will buy it. But I do like that Al kind of tries to do something for himself here instead of just falling back and kind of being a sad sack because sometimes after Tim makes fun of him, he, you know, is. <laughs> I like this episode better than the last one. I want to give this one four flaming ambulances. Oh, you, ah. that is literally what I was going to say. Flaming ambulances. <laughs> Dang it. Now I got to think of a new one. <laughs> you can go, Eric. <laughs> oh, um, so I actually lost a lot of respect for Al in this episode. I feel like he's, uh, I've always liked Al a lot, but he's just too much of a sad sack. And also he freaking is an idiot if he thinks like this is his financial future. Like what is the margin on these board games? <laughs> That's. I mean, maybe they are like 140 bucks a piece, and maybe he's going to make a pretty penny. But this is not going to financially secure you for the rest of your life. And then now finding out that he doesn't even get married, like it, it makes the <laughs> entire payoff for the whole season moot. So, well, he does get married, just not to Eileen. Yeah, but this is they decided that she was too attractive for him or something. She <laughs> probably was. Uh, they probably killed her off to bring in whatever her name is from King of Queens, Leah anyway. Remini. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so anyway, uh, I'm going to give this one uh, two Detroit Lions t-shirts out of five. Two? Yeah. Man, you did not like this one. Brutal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I and just as a season finale, I can't believe this was the season finale of a television yeah, show. Yeah, it, it is a weird season finale. Yeah. It seems like something that would have been a little bit earlier in the season, and then maybe like them breaking off the wedding, like maybe their actual wedding yeah. would be the season finale. A wedding is a perfect season finale. Even if it doesn't, you know, happen, like mm-hmm. that still is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like maybe it ended on a cliffhanger yeah. where Al is like up there and he's like, I don't know how, what to say. Why friends, did they break off? Oh, I got to watch this. Because it seemed <laughs> like they were perfect for each other. The only time they showed them interacting was at the very end. Oh, yeah. Oh, and we didn't talk about this, but their makeout is really weird <laughs> at the end. Like it, it trumps the uh, the, uh, Tim, the and Tim, Jill. Tim and Jill makeout session. How do you mean? It's just so awkward. It's the, it's a thing of like they they're the way that their heads are positioned. It, they don't really need to kiss because like you can't see the kiss on camera. But you could tell that he's just like. I think the thing that bothers me the most is that Al Borland is a very firm hugger. <laughs> and he really grabs her. And I'm just like, this doesn't seem like a great situation for everybody involved. They're um, also in a room full of their friends. Yeah. Which makes it just weird. I, I, yeah. To share a kiss there after you're getting engaged yeah. in front of all your friends makes complete sense to like go to town making out you in guys, front of all your friends. You guys should definitely keep an eye out for this as you go through. Maybe this is just a nineties thing where they like wrote in the script kiss while camera pans away well they did that last week they did that last week in um roseanne Uh so we covered the episode where they do the gay wedding between Uh leon and scott and they don't actually show them kissing they like show them starting to kiss like Mm -hmm. going in for the kiss and then the camera pans away because they couldn't show two men kissing Uh on tv but Uh that's interesting you say that when it's not a same situation. Keep an eye out for it because I think maybe it was just written into the scripts a lot. Like this is an executive thing. It's like make them make out while we while we change <laughs> while this episode ends. Like <laughs> the end the end of episode make out. <laughs> well, I liked this episode when Drew gave me a few options for this podcast. Mm-hmm. This was I think the second one I watched. I think I watched The Great Race first and mm-hmm. then this one, and I was like, oh, we're definitely doing this one. For one, I thought it was a good one for Eric to be here for mm-hmm. because Eric is a big board game guy. Mm-hmm, yeah. He's done mm-hmm. his own board game. So mm-hmm. I thought that was a good tie in for that. Mm-hmm. But I think there are a lot of good things with this one, like the callbacks of, oh, I didn't remember you there, but mm-hmm. I do remember the radiator hose or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And Wilson is in it. You can't mm-hmm. understand a thing he says because he's hopped up on like Coffee. caffeine. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. He's also eating a lot of chocolate. So yeah. I wasn't sure if it was sugar. They're really yeah. corrupting Wilson in this episode. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And then there's also how Al is wearing that flannel, like you mm-hmm. were saying, like mm-hmm. he puts on the exact same flannel. I think mm-hmm. that's a pretty common thing on the show. And it was just a good way for them to show it. Not obviously. It was yeah. just kind of happening in the scene. So if you were paying attention, uh-huh. that was something you saw. So I thought that was pretty creative. Yeah, I liked it. It had some cool 90s stuff too. Like, Al's tiny, tiny TV and that camera that Jill uses at the end. Yeah. So those are a little bit nostalgic. So, yeah, I give this four of Al's figurine tool belts mm-hmm. out of five. Mm-hmm. Nice. Four on the hand. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just one more 90s thing that I've noticed is the um, short sleeve shirt where the sleeves go all the way down past your elbows. Like, that's <laughs> what Al wears in this. When he's wearing a short sleeve shirt, his sleeves go like all the way down. And I know when I was a kid, 
I was definitely, I definitely wore a lot of baggy clothes. Yeah. And like, I wouldn't wear a t-shirt unless the sh- sleeves went down to my elbow, at least. <laughs> like, I couldn't show off my guns. You want to show guns. off the guns. Yeah, because my guns were more like chopsticks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got some random facts. Okay. We'll start with that there was, they wanted to have a ninth season. The producers did. They offered Tim Allen $50 million for it. Oh my oh. gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that is so much money. That's more than $2 million an episode. He turned it down. They offered. That's crazy. Um, he pa- turned it down? Yeah. They offered Patricia Richardson, who plays Jill, $25 million for that final season as well. And she also turned it down. What? Well, they didn't have Jonathan Taylor Thomas anymore. He left after the previous season. Yeah, but they both <laughs> take the money. <laughs> JTT is bringing in the ratings, man. Uh, no. Oh, my I mean, but seriously, that's 50 and $25 million they turned down for the final season. <laughs> I have a feeling Patricia Richardson said yes, uh, and Tim Allen said no. Apparently, they both said no. There were a lot of guest stars on the show. Like, they had the Andretti brothers. They had a lot of Detroit Pistons. Right. They had Jay Leno on an episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched one where they were doing, like, Habitat for Humanity. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. who was in it? Uh, J- uh, Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter was in mm-hmm. it. He, like, sends a video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in that episode, we had John Elway, Evander Holyfield. Mm-hmm. I guess that was it. <laughs> but those were big people. I mean, there's some other people here who I don't know. Maybe you guys do. Mm-hmm. Eric Hippel. I don't nope. know who that is. Sean Jones. No. Yeah. Kenny O'Brien. No. I'm guessing these are all like offensive linemen for the Detroit <laughs> right. Lions. They all say playing himself, so they uh, were famous in some way. Yeah. I mean, I know they had like Isaiah Thomas and Grant Hill were on some episodes and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. But my favorite thing that I found in this is that the movie Mrs. Doubtfire came about because of the show. What? So they were planning on doing like a spinoff or a movie. I couldn't tell if it was like just even reading. I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be a TV show or a movie where Jill leaves Tim mm-hmm. <laughs> and like in an attempt to be with his kids, he does like a he dresses up like a nanny or something. <laughs> and he was like, no, no. <laughs> and then it became Mrs. Doubtfire. They got Robin Williams for it. He was going to be Mrs. Doubtfire first, and then he was also offered the role of Stu that was played by Pierce Brosnan, and he turned that down too. Wow. I could see him as Stu. I definitely couldn't see him as Mrs. Doubtfire. No. <laughs> Not even after the Santa Claus when he gets in? He's got a terrible female uh, imitation voice. I mean, yeah, it's you can't picture him but Robin Williams. Yes. Uh, he also turned down a couple other things. He turned down being in a Turner and Hooch TV show. Uh-huh. And he turned down being in a Dead Poet Society TV show, both for Disney. Wow. So that's another Robin Williams role. Well, not the movie itself. I know, Things but yeah. yeah. So like he probably would have been playing Robin Williams' character, right? He's like the he's like the dime store Robin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Uh my favorite thing that Tim Allen has done though, besides home improvement, is he is the voice of the pure Michigan commercials, mm-hmm. which are they, there's these commercials that are on in Michigan, and apparently I've they them. send them nationwide. Yeah, like they get a huge yeah, it's these yeah. tourism ones, but they they talk about like oh the splendor and beauty of Michigan. It's all Tim Allen's voice, but there are some people that have made parodies of them, which are much better than the originals. <laughs> and it just like it's in the same like serene voice, and it's just about how there's construction everywhere, and like the state flower. Everyone always jokes is like the the construction cone and just stuff like that, <laughs> but. I find it strange that Tim Allen is like the voice of Michigan when he's not actually from Michigan. He's it's his adopted home. Yeah, I'll he, give it he, to he him. He tags it as his home. 
And I mean, he moved there when he was 13. Yeah. Like, Why don't we have Kid Rock doing this? <laughs> He's too or busy Uncle, running for Senate. Or Uncle Cracker. <laughs> he gave so much publicity to Detroit through that uh, shirt. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. I love <laughs> Tim Allen, and I like Home Improvement. It's great. Um, anything from you guys? I had a little thing about the actor who plays Al. So Richard Karn, he found out about the Home Improvement show because he got a traffic ticket and he had to go to traffic school. And that was where he met his agent who told him about the show. So getting a ticket led him to this very lucrative role. Terrible driver. (laughs) It was just like a minor infraction. And actually, Stephen took... Tobolowski, uh-huh. the guy from Groundhog Day, most yep. notably, he was actually supposed to play Al, but he decided to focus on film instead, or he wanted the option to focus on film. Mm-hmm. I think I read that he wanted something that he knew would have a stable paycheck for him. Which you would think a TV show would, yeah. not film. I like, I, I couldn't really see him in the role. I, I like the, uh, he's too tall. <laughs> like, he would be taller than Tim Allen. Plus, it would be two skinny guys next to each other. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite random facts come from Mark, uh, played by Taryn Noah Smith, in that, so he was six when the show, or seven when the show started, 16 when it ended. Uh, Apparently at age 17, he got into like this huge thing with his parents where he was like trying Mm -hmm. to sue them and stuff for his money. Mm -hmm. He thought that they were trying to like screw him over when they bought like a mansion for the family and all this stuff and it turns out that they were just like protecting his money from people that were trying to take it. And like he admitted as much later in life, like now that I'm not a teenager, I see they were just trying to protect me. <laughs> uh, but he ended up getting like his $1.5 million trust when he turned 18, but not before he married a woman 16 years older than him at 17. Cool. They had a vegan catering restaurant out of their home uh-huh. uh, that their neighbors apparently were not fans of. It got shut down. <laughs> they ended up getting divorced in 2007. He had to sell his mansion. In 2015, his mom wrote a book called Stardom Happens, which is about raising a child mm-hmm. star actor. And then the most recent thing I found from him is that he lives on a sailboat in Sausalito. And mm. that after Hurricane Harvey hit, he was going around like fixing the houses, like doing. Oh. And he was like, yeah, I was on a show about home improvement and tool time, and now I'm doing it. That's good. Weird. I like that. It's not, you know, the route that most of these child actors take with, yeah. you know, continuing their acting careers and all that. So Pictures of him as a kid when he got married look exactly like, to me anyways, look exactly like the guy who is the main actor in Caddyshack. Oh. The guy who plays Danny Noonan, he looks the exact same to me. Is right. that the caddy? Yeah. Of the proverbial sack. <laughs> I literally just watched that movie for the first time last Sunday. Uh-huh. So yeah, I'm still, bad. you know, trying to put the pieces together of this iconic movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the last two sh- shows that we talked about, Sabrina and Roseanne, they both have revivals that are happening mm-hmm. imminently. Um, Roseanne is actually happening right now. And Tim Allen recently said, like a, a week ago, said that he would be interested in doing a revival of Home Improvement. So Yeah, because he's not doing anything else. <laughs> yeah, Shocker. since since Last Man got Last Man Standing got canceled. Yeah, I just don't know how you'd do it. I guess you'd have to like I think maybe like Tim takes over Binford Tools and then like there's like the new young t- tool time guy or something. I don't Get know. JTT back. <laughs> yeah. Bring him out of retirement. He was on Last Man Standing, so he, he might be up for that. So is Jill Richardson. Or Jill Richardson. <laughs> Patricia Richardson. She was on that. Yeah. 
Well, there you go. Home Improvement is the peak for all every one mm -hmm. of the main actors in mm -hmm. this show. It is the highest point of their career. Yeah. yeah. Unlike Roseanne, which people, especially John Goodman yeah. and Laurie Metcalf, they did so much more. Oscar and, winner Laurie yeah. Metcalf. An Academy Award nominee, John Goodman. Did Laurie Metcalf win an Oscar? She oh, was no. Nominated. She was nominated. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. But I mean, everyone on that show has gone on to other things. Yeah. Then there's this where <laughs> literally I think the guy that played Brad had the most stuff on his IMDb except for Tim Allen. Yeah. But even for Tim Allen, I would argue that this is the peak for him. Yeah. I mean, I think Wilson did a lot of stuff before this. He unfortunately passed away from yep. lung cancer in 2003. Mm -hmm. So he did not do much after. Yeah. I thought he was in like Northern Exposure or like Twin Peaks or something like that. Something with trees in it. <laughs> I don't think it was Twin Peaks. It was something that I had never seen. He was in the taking of Pelham One Two Three, the original. The original? <laughs> nice. I don't know why that's the one that stuck with me from looking at his IMDb, but it is. Huh. Okay, I can tell you. He was in Hold, Hold, Hold. <laughs> Ryan's Hope. Ah uh, yes, ah uh, yes, Ryan's Hope for. 459 episodes. Shit, was he Ryan? Is that about Ryan Lochte? <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea. To make it out of the Olympics? He played he played Bob Reed, Lieutenant Bob Reed from 1975 to 1989. What? That is, is that like a, a soap opera? That's a long show. I do not know. Ryan's Hope. Oh, that that reminds me though, uh Richard Carn was in a soap opera recently. He was in The Bold and the Beautiful last year. Oh. <laughs> well, his career's really taken off. <laughs> I think that's the last thing he was in. Poor guy. I think that wraps us up. And next week we're going to be talking about news radio. Yeah, which I have never seen, but I've heard good things of in the last, you know, day. <laughs> in the last day? In the last two minutes? <laughs> you, you should do a deep dive into the Joe Rogan experience afterwards. <laughs> and Fear Factor. <laughs> oh, Fear Factor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was Fear Factor in the 90s? 2000s. Ah, reality yeah. show. <laughs> yep. So I actually did watch news radio a lot. I know my parents watched it and that was one of the shows that I watched with them. And I actually, I think own all of it on DVD. So, nice. Yeah. Okay. But I, it's on Netflix or something it. too. It'll be a good pairing. It'll be the expert and the novice. Yeah. But I think, I think Drew will like it. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> from what you say, it sounds like it'll be a good time for me. Yeah. Cool. So, um, if you want to throw us a rating, review on iTunes, things like that to help us find more 90s people, that would be great. And thank you, Eric, for joining us. Happy and, to. It was really fun. Talking about home improvement. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Anything else from you before we go? Uh, ooh. Perfect. <laughs> I like Just it. all the grunts. <laughs> all right. Well, until next Friday. Bye. bye.